What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Shots and Tanier NFL podcast from FTN Network. I am Aaron Schatz, the DVOA guy from FTNFantasy.com slash DVOA. He is Mike Tanier of TheMessenger.com. You know him for obnoxious columns about Kirk Cousins and Monday morning walkthrough and everything else. Obnoxious. And uh, we are here to preview week nine in the NFL, which is a really good week as long as you can make it through four games. <laughs> there are, I mean, there are some good games at one. I mean, you've got Dolphins Chiefs to start off at 930. Then you've got good games at one highlighted by Seahawks Ravens. Then Cowboys Eagles at four. Then Bills Bengals at eight. The thing is, you got to make it through four games, which even for those of us who do this for a living and love football is tiring. (laughs) It's too much of a good thing. And I think you're overstating the one o'clock slate a little bit here beyond the big one there. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. See, I mean, it's not a great it's not like every game at one o'clock is is, but there's a sneaky, interesting one. And there's the Seahawks Ravens. And then there's some other stuff. Uh, Don't. Don't forget, if you are watching us live, if you're listening afterwards, we are live at 11 o'clock Eastern time on every Monday and Thursday. And uh, you can make comments at the uh, YouTube site and we will answer your comments and questions. And here's one to start us off with. What are the odds of Josh McDaniels being announced as the new Patriots offensive coordinator this off season? <laughs> I mean, I don't think the Patriots get rid of one guy for the other. If O'Brien is their offensive coordinator, they're not going to get rid of them for McDaniels, but I mean, don't be shocked if McDaniels comes in as quarterbacks coach or something. Senior offensive assistant, special assistant to the head coach. Yeah, another possibility would be like Vrabel grabbing him or something to that effect. But he's definitely going to try to circle, as unlikely as this is, that he's actually going to replace Bill Belichick as the head coach. He's going to circle that facility trying to get that job. All right, let's take on the really the good Week Nine games, which do not include the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, not in the good, you know, the Aiden O'Connell experience. Uh, let's let's start with tonight which is pretty good. Titans at Steelers. It's got some interesting stuff going on. I mean, the Steelers have a winning record, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) They do. Titans make the playoffs in 31% of Sims if they win, only 10% if they lose. Steelers, 56% if they win. 
27% if they lose. I mean, one of the reasons this is an interesting game is because these teams are very, very close to each other. In DVOA, right. the Titans are 18th. The Steelers are 20th. The Titans wow. are 20th offense. The Steelers are 23rd. The Titans are 11th defense. The Steelers are 9th. So these teams are somewhat similar, right. uh, somewhat close to each other. Um, there's some, you know, interesting stuff looking splits-wise. I looked at things. Uh, the Titans' defense is 32nd against number one wide receivers and 31st against short passes, which suggests maybe Deontay Johnson with some good numbers in this game. And I know that he's got a um, – He's got a four point, he's like 56.5 yards, but 4.5 receptions. And given the short stuff, I think the 4.5 receptions is a better bet than the 56.5 yards. And, and the flip side of that is if you're doing badly against number one receivers, you should get some shots downfield to George Pickens. Well, that might be, yeah, that's that's true. I don't know who they would consider. It's one of the, I think the Steelers are now one of those teams where it's tough for me to figure out who's the one. Oh, it's, it's Pickens. Like in the past, Deontay Johnson was the one. Right. But you're probably right. It probably is more pickings at this point. If you're thinking with the way that I define it is, if you had a team where the best corner followed the other team's best receiver, who would they follow? It's and at this point, it would be pickings. Yeah. It's pickings. And God bless Matt Canada. That it's so hard to answer that question on a team that has a talent like George Pickens. Um, Don Parsons wants to know what you think of Will Levis getting the start. And I think, I mean, Will Levis, Tannehill's not healthy yet. So that's why Will Levis is getting the start. But, you know, what did you think of Will Levis's first game from what you saw? I was impressed. As a Levis skeptic, I was impressed. I went back and rewatched it. So I need to see what was there beyond the bombs. And granted, there was not a lot there beyond the bombs, but there were some completable passes that the receivers did not come down with. There were not very many really bad decisions with the ball. Um, so, you know, for now, absolutely give him the start tonight. Let him grow into this role. See what happens when he has a setback. See what happens when Tannehill is healthy. But he's earned the shot. I think when you balance it out, on one hand, he had a poor success rate. Well, right? yeah. A lot of the value was in the touchdowns right. rather than all the other stuff. Like the other stuff, there was a lot of short stuff that didn't get much and some sacks. But he also had a couple of drops on big plays that are not his fault, right? So, um, and, and you know, it's that scripted, it's the rookie scripted plays. So you throw the slot screen, and if the guy gains 25 yards, you're a genius. You get stopped, your success rate is low, whatever, but your completion rate is high. There was a lot of that, particularly early in the game. But I, I liked the game plan because I like the idea when you've got that rookie quarterback out there and you say, hey, if Hopkins is single covered, launch it. Just launch it. You know, what, what have we got to lose? And Levis connected on a lot of those. <laughs> yes. Useful title says embrace the mayonnaise coffee. Uh, we have decided not to do that. But I will say the Steelers defense is 23rd against deep passes compared to second against short passes. Hmm. And Levis has that arm and was great on the deep passes in his first start. So, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. If they ever see DeAndre Hopkins with one-on-one, -on -one, do it. Shoot nine or seven and just go long. Right. Just do it. Might be Joey Porter, by the way, against Hopkins tonight. That'd be an interesting matchup. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Derek Classen uh, did a study at one point that was showed that rookie uh, cornerbacks do not necessarily struggle. Like the highly drafted ones often are good as rookies. And I think Porter's been good as a rookie. So right. that would be an interesting matchup. The, um, Emmanuel Forbes is, is uh, struggling for all of them. 
Well, yeah. I mean, it's not, yeah. He's absorbing uh, rookie, it all. Rookie cornerbacks do not normally struggle. Top top drafted rookie does not mean they some of them right. don't. <laughs> Correct. Uh, the line is Steelers minus two and a half. <sighs> I will say the system really likes an over on this game. Really? The over-under is really low, 36.5. Ooh. I'm going to go under in the first quarter because I think both of these teams are going to be handing off up the middle and goofing around. Yeah. That under- would- I'd I go over 36.5. The Steelers' ability to get points off turnovers, the uh, uncertainty uh, that comes from having a rookie quarterback out there, that that can leave the points off turnovers or big plays. I would go over in this. You're right. But I have no feel – for the spread on this game. Don Parsons asks, is there any reason the Steelers should ever not be doubling Hopkins tonight? We should just no. double him. Have a, yeah. have a safety deep. And, you know, I mean, make Derrick Henry beat you. I guess Derrick Henry at this point still grinds out yardage, but the idea that you have to keep eight men in a box doesn't seem logical. No, double him. Make, make, make those bombs go to Westbrook, Akine or Traylon Burks. That makes sense. I do think that you have to look at Levis and think, it's only one game of you can't get rid of all your priors about how good Levis is. It's right. only one game. And therefore I think I would do Steelers minus two and a half at home. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll lean that way too. Uh, all right. Let's get to the really good stuff, which is Sunday dolphins chiefs in Germany, nine 30 in the morning. Forget about playoff odds. Uh, the Super Bowl odds are huge. Chiefs make the Super Bowl 31.5% of Sims if they win this game, 21.7% if they lose it. The Dolphins make the Super Bowl in 17.8% of Sims where they win and 10.0% of Sims where they lose. So basically, if the Dolphins win, their two teams are basically neck and neck. Um, you know, the Dolphins will be ahead by a game, but. I, you know, the Chiefs have been a little bit better this year, but more more like they're more well-rounded. Right. And if the Chiefs win, then they take a big lead on the Dolphins. Uh, Chiefs are right now fourth in DVOA. Dolphins are fifth, but it's in a very different way because the Chiefs are very balanced. Right. And the Dolphins are all offense. Right. Right. You had a bunch of splits on this. I know that. Yes. I put out a bunch of stuff on Twitter that while I was prepping for the show, the Dolphins excel by spreading out the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Chiefs nickel isn't better than their base, but their dime is excellent this year hmm. with minus 36% DVOA and only huh. four yards allowed per play. So you don't want a Chiefs to bring in dime, or maybe you do want the Chiefs to bring in dime and you want to run on it. Okay. Because the Chiefs run defense is 23rd. Their defense is all pass defense, which Hmm. is usually fine for them because usually they're ahead. And the Dolphins, of course, have the record setting run game. And Bill Houston points out the Chiefs are going to be without their starting linebackers, Willie Gay and Nick Bolton. I don't know what's up with Gay. Bolton's on IR. Right. Right. So maybe they are more likely to go dime. And then the Dolphins, if the Dolphins run on it, they could definitely have success. Uh, the others, Another split that I put out there that the, uh, the Chiefs go from 5.9 yards per play without a blitz to 3.7 yards per play when they blitz. So Spagnolo bring in heat. 
<laughs> you know, I don't know how often teams go into dime against the Dolphins. I think one thing the Dolphins try to do with their structure is not let you go into dime and quarter and have seven defensive backs because they keep because they're going to run on you. Yeah, and they've got a fullback. They will use their fullback and and say, well, you know, we're going to constrict you a little bit and go over the top of you. But it's interesting because you know, without Bolton and Gay, I would be like, try keeping them in base. Let's see what those backup linebackers are going to do when you start doing misdirection runs. Yep. Okay. You start trying to put the short middle of the field because you, you took the lid off and you can do a lot of things like that against this defense right now. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's definitely, I mean, those are missing guys. You know, even though we talk about analytics, talks about off ball linebackers don't move the needle as much, whatever. But right. yeah, those are definitely some missing guys, especially given how good the Dolphins run game is. Right. Um, when you flip it around, here's the interesting split I found. The Chiefs go from 7.5% DVOA in 11 personnel to 315 in 12. Okay. While the Dolphins' defense goes from minus 8.5 mm-hmm. against 11 to plus 23 against 12. So it's Noah Gray night. It's Noah Gray night. Dolphins faced probably a lot of 12 with the Bills. I don't recall how much 12 the Eagles used. Eagles will use 12 against you, you know, a lot. Let me ask you this, though. Are we going to see Jalen Ramsey versus Kelsey? That's my big question, too, right? Because someone said to me, I said something on about this quote, and someone said something about, well, now they have Jalen Ramsey. And I was like, yes, but I don't know how Jalen Ramsey reacts to 12. Does Jalen Ramsey cover Kelsey? Or does Jalen Ramsey just cover a wide receiver? I would think they're going to put him on Kelsey. He did it in the past. Uh, Last time they faced the Rams, they put him a lot on Kelsey. He gave up one big play in that game uh, to Kelsey, but like kind of shut him down. I think you're going to see that a lot. The Rams certainly had him in that like hybrid position they would do with Ramsey. And I wouldn't be surprised to see it. Who else are you going to cover? Sky Moore? Come on. Right. I mean, that's right. (laughs) Rashi Rice. I mean, Rashi Rice – we all agree now Rashi Rice is the best of their wide receivers at this yeah. point. Sky Moore is not a thing. Yeah, yeah. That's the, and Kadarius Tony will drop the ball. And Xavier so Howard. Rashi Rice is the guy. And, and Xavier Howard looks like he might be back. So there's somebody to cover Rashi Rice if you're really worried about him. Uh, Don Parsons says the Dolphins seem very much like a team that funnels its offense through the two main wide receivers and the running backs. Well, that's true. I mean, they don't use Durham Smythe very much. And although they get sneaky good stuff out of their third receivers. Yes. Right. Like when you put all your attention on Hill and Waddle, they get sneaky good stuff out of guys like Barrios and Cedric Wilson. Yes, they do. They do get a lot and they get enough out of their tight ends. There's plays designed for the tight end and the fullback that are in there in case you just say, well, these guys aren't going to beat us. And the other thing, again, their presence on the field dictates whether you're a nickel, whether you're in dime, et cetera, uh, which then can make things easier for Hill and Waddle. Yeah. All right. The line is Chiefs by one and a half. So here's what I did. Like I, my one feel of this game is if the Dolphins win, I think they're going to win emphatically. You know, I think if it's a close game, the Chiefs win this. You know, by Mahomes, by defense, by the experience in big games, whatever you want to use it by Andy Reid. If the Dolphins win, it's because they are faster and they are healthier right now, and and the Chiefs are going to get exposed. So I took the line. And I teased it way up to minus six for uh, the Dolphins. Teased it all the way to Dolphins minus six at plus 252. So this is like the big Hail Mary cross-court play here. Interesting. Okay. The Dolphins with a wacky line minus six to say, I'm betting on the blowout. 
If I lose, I lose. If I win, this is a big payday. Interesting. Uh, you might be right about that, that the Dolphins might just chase them off the field. Right. Chase that defense off the field. Right. And, and, and that if the, the Chiefs side, win, it's more likely to be close. That's the way I'm feeling on it. And I'm kind of feeling the Dolphins too. Okay. I think if I had to, if I, uh, this is definitely, a, I don't want to bet on this spread, but I think, you know, one and a half points is basically nothing. Yeah, yeah it's a pick. Right? It's, you know, winning by one is pretty rare. I think I would go with the Dolphins. I think I would go with the Dolphins, even though the Chiefs are better, more slightly better and more balanced team. I think with injuries and with what the Dolphins do well, I think I kind of favor the Dolphins a little bit, especially the idea of the run. Yeah. That their running game is so multiple and and misdirections and the fact that the Chiefs are without the two linebackers. I think, and their run defense isn't good anyway. I think right. the Dolphins are going to be able to get big runs with Mostert and Wilson. That makes sense. I think I so I think I lean towards the Dolphins. If you don't care about the line, take a plus one hundred five money line with the Dolphins and get a little more juice. Yeah, that would make sense. All right, Vikings at Falcons is the game that I think is kind of sneaky good at one o'clock because it's actually the most important game for playoff odds. You don't want to talk about the Vikings and the Falcons. I, I'm protesting. I'm protesting. This is actually the most important game for playoff odds, even accounting for the fact that the Vikings now have a rookie quarterback. 47% of the time they make the playoffs with a win, 16% with a loss. Falcons, 66% with a win, 33% with a loss. And Nino Pena asks, do you think the Falcons benching Ritter could give them a bit more of an edge, or are they still mediocre? And the answer is both. <laughs> yeah, I think right. it gives them a little bit more of an edge, but I think they're also still mediocre. Right. I, I think right now Heineke is the better quarterback. Don't want to overblow what happened in the second half of that game, but Heineke has a stronger arm, yep. and, he, and he's more decisively getting rid of the ball quickly and just getting the ball out there rather than trying to do the quantum calculus of the Arthur Smith scheme. So you get that. Uh, Heineke, I know we don't do quarterback wins here. I believe he's 12-12-1 as a starting quarterback for some bad commanders teams. Um, so, you know, he he's, he, he does enough to not get – He's the do-enough guy. He's the do-enough. He, he does turn the ball over more than yeah. you want. But otherwise, he's the do-enough to let your defense win. And the Falcons' pass defense is not good, but their run defense is great. And the Vikings' run, the Vikings' running game has been poor this year, and they're gonna want to run to protect the rookie quarterback. And the yes. Falcons are really good against the run, although Grady Jarrett is out now. Right, that's a problem. They still have a good, fast, aggressive front seven. Um, by the way, I always call Heineke fire high Heineke. The overthrow yes. he misses, yes. he misses high. Uh, who's that safety? Not Harrison Smith, the other guy, Martellus for the yes. Vikings. If, uh, I don't remember his last name. You, I know who you're talking about. Yep. Right, right. If there's any prop for him for an interception playing, you know, center field back there and you get like plus 700, take it because fire high will fire high. I did go back and look at the last two years of Heineke against the Blitz. Okay. Because we know the Vikings Blitz oh, more than any yes. other defense. That'll be fun. He was the same with and without a Blitz in both years. Uh, but here's interesting. The Vikings' pass defense is a lot better so far this year when they don't blitz. That's got to be. Insane. They have a minus 21% DVOA, five yards per pass when they don't blitz. 
and plus 11%, 6.9 yards per pass when they do blitz. They that's love gotta, to blitz. That's got to be an artifact. That's got to that's gotta be like some artifact of like last week against Jordan Love where they just I don't sat know, We're down. eight games in at this point. We're eight games in. That's a reasonable sample. And the blitzes are not as good as the non-blitzes. Well, whatever happens, Brian Flores is doing a better job mixing in this aggressiveness and things than last year where they just sat back and waited to get beat. Josh Metellus is the last name. Josh Metellus. Okay. Josh Metellus. Uh, that's the safety we were talking about. Thank you. Useful title. And Don Parsons wants to know, what does a Minnesota win with Cousins, uh, without Cousins look like? And do you remember anything from doing draft work about Jaron Hall? I know yes. nothing about this guy. Yes. Uh, he looked like a sort of a Ritter light coming out of BYU um, in that he was, you know, good distributor of the ball, quick release, sort of a play action and trigger the ball type of guy, decent arm, like a lot of C-plus attributes, went to the Senior Bowl and was a disastrous Senior Bowl week. Was oh. looked like Did not look as good as, as, as Tyler Badgett and these other guys. And you don't want to read too much into it because so, some kid comes out there, sees the playbook, gets a little confused on Monday morning, and that's it for the rest of the week. But uh, there's not a lot there that has me thinking, oh, this guy's going to come in and do something like Levis was able to do and say, well, I've got these – high-level attributes that could turn into a bomb uh, to Hopkins or something. I, I don't know what you're going to get from Jalen Hall, and I think we're probably going to see Joshua Dobbs in a week or so. The line is Falcons minus four and a half. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Never, 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 never bet on the Falcons. Never bet on the Falcons. And if I'm doing... and Don't bet on the Vikings. I would almost take the Vikings here because I've got two... Quarterbacks making their first starts. Yep. Um, but I'm just going to steer away from this game. I'm protesting that it's even on the schedule here for the podcast. But if I give you any advice, it's never been on the Falcons. Do you think if McDaniels was fired earlier, the Vikings would have traded for Jimmy G? No. Quessie does not want to bring in. Quessie doesn't want to win this year, really. He doesn't want to bring in more payroll and everything to, to win this year. It's, like, it's almost like ah, my excuse now to finally let this – come to a conclusion was here I, I don't say it is Dobbs the new Chase Daniel of backup quarterbacks no he actually plays <laughs> our colleague um, Chase Daniel I will say that the system loves the over in this game 37.5 if hmm. you believe that Heineke is better and you understand the Falcons' defense is not good against the pass, and the rookie might be able to get some stuff against them. Right. Over 37 and a half. It really likes over 37 and a half. Like, really, 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 really. Even after adjusting for the for – the, for the I don't hate that because, again, like we, I always talk about when these really sketchy quarterbacks come in, start thinking in terms of points off turnovers, and that's how we yeah. often get it over. So I don't hate that. <clears throat> All right. The better game in people's minds, less playoff ramifications, surprisingly enough, but a better game is Seahawks at Ravens at one o'clock. 
Seahawks make the playoffs 91% if they win, 78% if they lose. The Ravens, which DVOA loves unrequited, 98% of the time with a win, 92% with a loss. And I, I should say not unrequited because I pointed out yesterday on social media, this is probably the matchup of the two teams where the coaches are most publicly cognizant of me. Yes. <laughs> explain, explain these that are the two coaches these are the two coaches who have really talked about dvoa in multiple press conferences and where right. i've talked to you know two of the teams where i talk to people on the teams regularly two of the coaches that regularly talk about dvoa i think carol did it again at his press conference yesterday he said they really respect the ravens because dvoa has the ravens so high so uh, i'm rooting for a tie <laughs> in this game um the Seahawks are 10th overall. The Ravens, you know, as I said, are number one. And I pointed out, even if you take out the Detroit game, they are still number one slightly, I, that which I is amazing. That I can't believe. Um, some of it is they have had the luck to play. Like they played Burrow, like injured Burrow. So now yeah. it's going to come back. Like the opponent adjustments are going to start thinking of him as regular Burrow, but they didn't really play regular Burrow. And, and they played P.J. Walker instead of Watson. But – um. Is PJ Walker worse than Watson? I don't know if he is at this point. So I don't the know best, if that really means anything. The best ability is availability. Um, out there ability. The uh, the Seahawks defense is better against the run, but the Ravens offense, of course, is awesome running the ball. Right. I like this one that I found. The Ravens have 7.2 yards per play with 21 personnel. Oh, wow. And the Seahawks have faced nine snaps of 21 personnel this year. So we have no idea if they're any good against it or not because they've never faced it. This is two teams that like to put a lot of tight ends on the field. Yes, definitely two teams that like to put a lot of tight ends. Right. Um, I mean, Dan Parsons says, why do you think DVOA loves the Ravens so much? I mean, some of it is that Detroit game. Um, the interesting one is the Arizona game, right? The Arizona game, they come out a little bit better than I would have expected, given how close that game ended up at the at the end. It looked so bad. They did not look good in that game, honestly, especially on offense. But the, the Cardinals had a couple turnovers, and the, the, the onside kick doesn't matter. Right. But they didn't really go up after that game. They just didn't go down. Okay. Right? Like, it, it just feels like they've had a lot of really nice wins this year, and their schedule is about to get really hard, so let's find out, you know. Right. But, and and um, there are things like the fumbles. Like, I don't know how, you know, a fumble can be a big play on the on the field where I don't know how big a play is in DVOA. Yeah. Some of the, they've had the fourth down miscues, which, again, don't necessarily translate into a bad DVOA. It's a one high leverage play that the percentage is supposed to be high and you miss a couple, so. Seahawks added Leonard Williams, so that should yeah. help their run defense further. Uh, the Ravens this year are much better without a blitz, the offense. Lamar Jackson has been worse when they when if you blitz him. Okay. And the Seahawks defense has been better with a blitz. Okay. They love so blitzing. That would suggest blitzing, ja blitzing Jackson. Yep. They love Jamal Adams on the blitz. They love Witherspoon on the blitz when he's out there. So Yeah. So definitely the defensive back blitzes if you want to consider Jamal Adams a defensive back. Right. Uh, flip it around. The other stat, Geno Smith is awesome, of course, on deep passes, but the Ravens defense is number one on deep mm -hmm. passes compared to 19th on shorter passes. Very good at generating prep pressure without blitzing. 
with a lot of stunting and like sort of like zone blitzes where guys are dropping and things like that. And a lot yeah. of pressure from their natural front four I, pressure off the back. end. Having done Baltimore radio a couple of times in the last couple of weeks and look closer at the team, what's remarkable is the pass pressure that they're getting despite the injuries to the young pass rushers. They're getting great seasons out of guys like Jadavian Clowney. Right. Whereas Odafeoa and um, Ojabo, David Ojabo uh, have been injured. Right. And, uh, Martabuke, am I saying the name right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, has been absolutely phenomenal, and is you know, and Pierce has been really good. So yeah, they've been getting a lot in there. Uh, line is Ravens minus six. I don't trust the Ravens laying six pretty much ever in like in the last maybe in twenty nineteen I did, but every other year I don't trust them on that line. I gotta go Seahawks on this one. I. Think that as much as DVOA likes the Ravens, I think I would also go Seahawks if you get the plus six. You get the plus six. You got Leo Williams added in there, so yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't think I would want to bet this one either way. Well, you're rooting for a tie. I'm rooting That's for a tie. What are the what are those? I'm not going to be able to grab it. I know there's a, a a money line for a tie. You could bet that. Um, Don Parsons wants to know, why do you think people are discussing Geno Smith as regressing if his numbers are about the same as last year? I, Mike, here's my thing is I think what we're remembering Geno Smith in the early part of last year when he was awesome. Yes. And not thinking about the Geno Smith in total from last year that was not as awesome has the numbers this year match last year, but they're not as good as early last year. Right. He also had about a two game run there where he looked like he was regressing. Uh, where he was not playing well, where the turnovers came at bad times in the games. Um, and since then, it's been a little bit more stable. You know, he had obviously a big play at the end of last game. So I, I, I guess it probably is a little bit narrative focused. Like the Geno Smith, the real Geno Smith in our hearts is this like guy who's like quarterback 16 in whatever in the NFL, and that's where he belongs. And we shouldn't be trying to put him someplace else. Uh, Cowboys at Eagles, 4 p.m., most important game for Super Bowl odds. Mm. If the Cowboys win this game, they make the Super Bowl 21% of the time and the Eagles wow. 16% huh. in the simulations. And if the Eagles win this game, they make the Super Bowl 26% of the time and the Cowboys drop to 11%. And do remember, we have the Eagles probably lower than any other ratings out there. Right. And it is a little weird. And I wrote about it a little bit this week. And I don't think, you know, I wouldn't put them there. I would put them fifth or sixth, not right. ninth. But the Cowboys are neck and neck with them mm -hmm. this year. Now, the interesting is like the defense. So the Eagles have been so good against the run and not as good against the pass. Right. And the Cowboys, for as much as Prescott has not looked as good this year and they're 13th passing, they're 23rd running. Right. Their, run their running game really hasn't looked good this year so they are not going to get they are not going to get runs in this game against that eagles defense no like it's it's on press this is on prescott baby music to an eagles fans ears it's on prescott and and yeah and of course eagles fans just watched sam howe look like joe montana for three quarters um so there's a worry there about the eagles pass defense i think what the eagles prefer to do is get that team opposing team unbalanced and they're going to give up some completions, but you wind up getting the sacks and turnovers as the game goes on. What do you think as someone who watches the Eagles a lot, obviously, yes. what do you think is the reason why their pass defense is down this year? Is it, is the pass rush not 
doing as much? Are they not playing as well? Is it cornerbacks not playing as well? Uh, is it the fact that they, uh, Avante Maddox has been out, and so there's like a real weak link in the secondary? Uh, I don't remember the name of the rookie who's playing instead. The uh, yeah, and the pass rush isn't getting as home home as often when they're just rushing for, and they're just rushing for an awful lot. So you don't get as many wins on that end. But it's really wherever that weak link, wherever the third cornerback is in the secondary, that's where the ball goes. Against the commanders, uh, the Eagles were trying to put Bradbury inside against Dotson a lot. Bradbury on Dotson, that's not a good matchup in terms of like slippery, uh, speedy guy versus like the bigger corner. That turned in the wins. Then you put Bradbury on Mc, uh, uh, not on uh, – McLaurin, that was usually Slay, but the other place, and you just go wherever the ball is. There's really a big hole in the nickel, and that's what teams are finding. So what happens with Cooks? Because Cooks is should be that fast, slippery guy, but he's just not playing well this year. Right. And he'll probably have Bradbury on him with Slay on CD Lamb. That's what I would do. And what the what the Cowboys should do is they're going to motion Slay, I mean um, Lamb, all over creation to try and put him in a place where he's being covered by – I think it's Job right right now. I forget who the uh, nickel corner is for the Eagles. But try to find that guy and try to hook him up with Lamb. And if you can't get that, hope you get something from Cooks. Hope you get something from these other receivers. Uh, how much should Mike McCarthy factor into your decisions on betting in this game, asks Don Parsons. I I don't know. I, I, I've never been able to at, accurately price the McCarthy factor in, into, a, into a spread. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think McCarthy's issue is more the conservatism when they have a lead, not okay. fourth round, you know, fourth downs or, you know, it's it's overall offensive scheming. You know, yes, it's it's not weird to me that hey, gee, McCarthy took over the the play calling, and we said, is the Cowboys passing game not going to be as good this year? And guess what, <laughs> the Cowboys passing game is not as good this year. So there you go. Right? I mean, right. um. I will say flip it to the Eagles offense. The Cowboys defense is really, really good against passes to the sides and 22nd against passes to the middle. And while Hertz doesn't throw to the middle as much as other quarterbacks, we know that he no longer has a problem doing it. Right, right. He'll put the ball there. They'll have the guys working the middle. They'll have Brown and Smitty working the middle. They'll get the ball to Goddard. By the way, it's it's, it's Eli Ricks right now who's the, the guy who draws the short straw as a nickel cornerback. They've been rotating. Mm -hmm. Injured so guy. Gallup better wake up. We've been saying that for two years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the line is Eagles minus three. Okay. I would I would do it. I would do Eagles minus three. I, I usually stay away from Eagles Cowboys games because there's enough uh, neurosis in the air uh, here in yeah. Eagles country. But like I think that that seems like a uh, a sound spread. I think I would do Cowboys plus three, but it's pretty yeah. close to how I would set the spread. Cause I do think Eagles are better than DVOA thinks they are. So I probably, this is a don't bet on that game. All right. Uh, one more, let's go to 8 PM bills at Bengals. Uh, and of course, you know, the Bengals are lower in the odds because they're two games behind the Ravens and the system loves the Ravens so much. And the Bengals haven't been the Bengals so far this year until last week. So Bills make the playoffs 84% if they win, 54% if they lose. Bengals, 54% if they win, 24% if they lose. But it feels like the Bengals are better than that now. Remember, the loser of this game goes 0-4 in the AFC. So when you 
So we're yeah. not talking about the quality of the team. Now we have to start looking at those tiebreakers. Not only is it a head-to-head tiebreaker, but you're at this point where you, the loser of this game is probably a wild card. The loser of this game is oh. probably a wild card. Over the last four games, the Bills' defense is 28th, and the Bengals' defense is 7th. Wow. So the yeah. Bengals' defense has been riding the ship. It's not just Burrow looking healthier. Mm-hmm. And the Bills' defense has collapsed without right. Milano and Daquan Jones and Tredavious White. Um, little help on the way. Rizul Douglas has arrived, according to the, Bill, the Bills' injury yes. report. Yes. Recently arrived in the building, or whatever the injury report says. Right, he has been fitted for his uniform and ready to go. And Linville Joseph very quietly signed on. He signed on with the Eagles last year to help, just a little bit of help with the run defense in the interior, improve the rotation a little bit. Not not this needle mover, but signs that the Bills are doing what they can to, to shore up that defense. Um, the Bengals are weak against the run this year. But the Bills don't like to run, so how much does that really matter, right? Like, I mean, the Bills are not going to suddenly change their offensive strategy be like, all right, let's run down the Bengals' throats. There we go. Like, it's just not what they do. (laughs) Right. They would have done that against, like, a team like the Patriots and been like, let's just get out of here. They don't do that. You may see a little more. Well, Josh Allen is on the injury report. I don't know how much we're supposed to, like, put any stock in that. But we saw a more zone-reedy and scrambly version of Josh Allen last Thursday night. And that's the one way that the Bills can generate a little more of a running game. I don't remember who pointed this out on the Twitter, but uh, the Bengals killed Josh Allen with slot blitzes in the playoff win last year. I don't remember that. So they, Allen needs to be ready for those this year. Like he needs to know that is coming. And you can slot blitz when you don't have, you know, your number one tight end is out. So you're using Kincaid more. I did see they were using a lot more four receiver looks. uh, The Bills were against the Buccaneers, spreading things out a little bit more. But if you do that, you do make yourself vulnerable. Slot blitz. They can just come off whichever receiver and come after you. Uh, useful title asks, did yes. the Bills sign Leonard Fournette also? How would that affect James Cook? I don't think very much. Um, I think Damian Harris becomes a non-person if Leonard Fournette is around. But I don't, I don't quite understand them signing Fournette. I feel like their running backs are – the issue is not we need an old running back. Like Maybe they're thinking one-yard guy, thinking a one-yard guy. That's who Damian Harris is supposed to be. That was why you yeah. signed Damian Harris. Right, right. And it's also not really – I mean, you've, we've studied it for years. It's not really a thing in the NFL that, oh, we'll get the big guy and he's a one-yard guy. But I'd be, I'd be wary of any props, that's for sure. Yeah, Don Parson says, I imagine the Fournette signing would lead to him pass blocking. He, he All right. Just put the effort out in that. He is that is something he can do. Um, the Bills struggle against deep passes, and Burrow finally clicked in on deep passes last week. He's been very bad on deep passes this year until last week. Okay. So can he take advantage of that? That is the question. Right. And again, Roswell Douglas is there. That's to try and help out along the way. Usually, a cornerback can step in and play a role, like on a couple of days, like. This is man coverage. That's your guy. Go. So, like, Douglas could be a factor. All right. Here's the big question. What do the Bills need to do to right the ship? I mean, Allen needs to be a little less gunslingery. Right. But the big thing they need to do is figure out how to play defense without three of their best defensive players. And I just, at a certain point, it's not the X's and O's. It's the Jimmy's and Joe's. (laughs) I think you're right. I think that's exactly it. And the gunslingery thing plays into that where 
it's almost like a complimentary football type of thing. Like uh, we're going to, we're going to take a lot of risks on offense and our defense isn't very good. Like that doesn't always translate very well. It might be a little more like, let's play a little more of a conservative game. Let's hold on to the ball a little more. They did that against the Buccaneers. And then you can protect that defense a little bit more. Yeah. All right. The line is Bengals minus two. I hate all of these lines. I really hate these that, lines. Well, because they're set really well. Yes. I, I would say what I would really want here would be Bills plus three. Okay. And I don't know what the odds would be on that, but I think that's what I would want because two is not much different from zero. And at zero, like the, the system believes straight up, it's not picking a team in this game. It has, this is a no pick game straight up. Wow. So it has bills plus two as the pick. Okay. But, you know, is plus two really, what you really want is plus three. If you want the bills plus three, you get that at minus 151. That's not bad. That's yeah. not like a waste of time bet if that's what you really want. And I can see that. You give me a little bit more. Uh, I'd probably, I'd want to take it all the way up to four, but now you're at minus 183. And why are you even placing a bet at that point? Yeah. Um, but yeah, if I've got to go with the current, I'd probably go with the Bengals based on the current spread. Yeah. All right, that does it for today's show. Really good week nine, folks. So uh, everybody enjoy week nine. We will be back on Monday to talk to you about how it all went. 11 (laughs) a.m. Eastern time, except now it'll be 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. See, that's Uh, great because we get an extra hour to watch the games when we have all these games. Oh, yeah. I guess we get an extra hour of sleep to get ready for all these games this week. That works. Okay. Right. And I get an extra hour of sleep on Monday morning when I wake up crawling after writing up all of these games, crawling out of my bed. Yeah. Uh, just quickly, Don Parsons asked, doesn't the system get that Joe Burrow is healthier now and the Bills' defense is worse? Yes, I've adjusted for that. I, I, even, even with those adjustments, it still likes Bills plus two, even with those adjustments. Right. You're because you're not... Because it's one game of Burrow being healthier. Mm-hmm. You can't all – it could just be one random game. You don't necessarily know, okay, now Burrow is absolutely, definitely back. We absolutely positively know that. There's no question about it. It's not right. That's not how it is, I think. Right. Makes I sense. I mean, probably, but we're not sure for sure. Let's see what happens in this game. All right, so that does it. We will see you at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time oh. on Monday. Thank you. Tell all your friends. Listen to the show, rate the show, and we'll see you Monday. Adios, everybody. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3 percent on top of that is there a limit to the match no limit Robinhood gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any ira on the market sign up for Robinhood gold at robinhood.com
slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.